and welcome to the Common Grown Podcast with myself, Amy, Vanessa, and Sophie. Today we're going to be talking about something really exciting. We're going to do Lockdown Stories 2.0. Obviously this week lots of stuff has come out about England going into lockdown. Uh, Wales have already had lockdown and the potential of Scotland maybe going into lockdown. So the UK at the minute is pretty uh, under pressure in many points about having lockdown scenarios again. So we really want to talk about the mental health situation within another lockdown and maybe what can be triggered from that happening again. Yeah, I can definitely do that. Uh, So yeah, so during kind of the first lockdown, um, uh, I really, really have struggled. Well, actually throughout this whole COVID period, I've really, really struggled with my mental health. I'd probably say it was something that was brewing for a very long period of time. I got very, very, very used to um, kind of bottling a lot of stuff down, like either I was too busy or like, uh, you know, I had too much going on or, you know, had college, friends, I wanted to travel, I had all these other things that was kind of um, happening in my life. And I kind of ran away from dealing with a lot of, my emotions and a lot of my feelings and I had some really kind of traumatic stuff happen with an ex-boyfriend and um yeah just different kind of situations with friendships and uh relationship breakdowns and I kind of suppressed a lot of that uh for a very long period of time and um I think essentially when we kind of hit lockdown um I had been through a lot of change at that point. I'd left college and graduated. I'd moved. I got a new job. I was planning a wedding at the time when I moved and then got married and started, you know, living with my husband for the first time. And so all of that stuff in the nine months prior to COVID actually happening, I'd also had a lot of change on top of all this kind of all this stuff that I'd been bottling um, down for a really long period of time. Um, it's really funny because I remember even talking to Amy um maybe like the summer before and telling her how hard I was actually how difficult it was for me to process emotion and that I was almost like it it kind of felt like trapped in my chest I know that's sort of kind of a strange image but it it felt like I could feel it almost uh, like on my upper chest like trying to get out but I just didn't know and didn't have the tools to kind of speak about it and um and yeah, so then when we went to co- like when we went to lockdown because of COVID, um, you know, having you know relationships kind of like not being like taken away almost like not having community, not having church, not having um, things to do or things to keep me busy, and um, one of my jobs as well, like I went on furlough for, and I and I was only working kind of like two days a week uh, with Limitless, which is what I do for my job. Like I work um, for Limitless Festival. Um, and I just had all this time and it was almost like all of a sudden everything came out, like absolute everything, like all of this repressed trauma, um, all of this kind of like emotion. Um, and I, it was overwhelming cause I just didn't know what to do with it. And I, I'd never been someone who, um, kind of like, 
I can't even explain it. It's a really difficult, like mental health is such a crazy thing because it's such a difficult thing to describe to people who haven't necessarily been through it. Um, And I remember saying previous to, you know, in the other podcast, like I'd had friends who'd had like mental health problems and I've been supportive and, but I never truly understood until I was really going through it myself. Like the idea of like being in bed and then not feeling like you could get out of it. really naively I was like oh I don't can't even imagine what that's like that's not a thing and then getting to the point where like getting out of bed every day was so difficult having a shower brushing my teeth things that involved just looking after myself the basics I just couldn't function properly because all of this emotion and all of this trauma that I'd kind of like buried deep had suddenly all come out and I just didn't know what to do with it and I was like cycling in like in, in all of this stuff and and just it was just such a spiral for me and I think COVID just kind of exacerbated all of that lockdown exacerbated all of that and I think if coronavirus like hadn't happened I'd probably be in a worse state now than I am because it would have come out sooner or later but you know, it could have been years and years later and it would have been even worse. But um, yeah, so like during during lockdown, it's just really difficult because I couldn't meet up with people. Um, and for me, community is such a huge part of my life. So not being able to meet up with people to just even distract myself or take my mind off things. Um, you know, I love spending time with my my husband, but being with him 24 seven and talking to him about this stuff 24 seven, like you do need other people to kind of share that with because he was taking the brunt of like all of my emotions and um, not in a, in a bad way, but it was, it's a heavy, heavy task to look after me. Like he was having to do all the jobs around the house and make sure I was okay. And then, and some days the maximum I could do was get myself on the sofa and just lie there, which for someone like me who's always been so independent, you know, constantly like traveling on my own, going places on my own, for that to flip over and for me to like not feel like I could even leave the house, like that's just such a crazy thing. And, you know, when I think about it now, like, you know, I'm not 100% there yet, but the just the anxiety that I had about doing the really basic things that I was able to do. And it was so frustrating. Um, and there's so much shame that's kind of like associated with it because it makes you feel stupid. You feel embarrassed. You feel like you're crazy and you don't understand like why this is happening. And then you compare yourself to like, um, you know, other people, like how you used to be. It's just mental. Sorry to interrupt you. I just find that really point really interesting because as someone who doesn't have panic attacks or has ever really been in a place of depression or anxiety or suffered strongly from mental health issues or struggles, it's sometimes when I hear that, you know, that you feel stupid or you feel like you can't talk about it in a certain way because, you know, you don't know how it's going to be received by other people. I find that really difficult to hear because someone who's not gone through that, I definitely feel like someone who's caused that 
mm-hmm. someone else to feel like they're stupid or like they're not okay to talk about it. Yeah. I don't understand it from that place of going through it. So there's such an ignorance that I know I carry within this subject because I don't know what it feels like. So I'm, I'm quite good at processing my emotions, but I'm not good about talking about my emotions to other people. So I'm good doing it internally. But when it comes to actually sharing that with other people, I can't do it. I'm totally inept and sharing. But I then don't suffer from my emotions because I don't talk to other people about it. Obviously, it has some sort of uh, problem. I need to share more and talk with other people more. Yeah. But I, I don't bottle or suppress. So when someone does, I find it very hard to understand why. Oh, yeah. Because I don't do that. And so there's this idea of education, of listening to someone who has gone through that. And I think for me, as you said, like we talked last summer about, you know, this feeling of like being stuck in your chest. And I, I'll be honest with you, I found that so interesting to listen to because I, I'd never heard this before in such a personal level. Like yeah. I knew people had struggled. Like Vanessa, I know you struggled in our last year university. Like I've seen it and I've observed it, but I've never really heard it broken down into something like that in conversation where it was so obvious in a sense mm. of like where it was stemming and, and why it was happening and the way it was, you know, bubbling out of you as well. It's just really interesting and I think for me and my journey of understanding this has come from those moments of conversations of trying to understand where someone's coming from and the actual experience they're having physically emotionally spiritually you know mentally it all comes together as one and it's been really interesting for me to hear even just talking now listening to you now sorry it's been interesting for me and it's so educational and so key because I can only help and you know walk with someone during this if I actually know what they're walking through themselves otherwise I literally have no idea so it's interesting you said that because I definitely feel like someone who can not out of choice but you know out of ignorance definitely make other people feel like they're maybe stupid for sharing that when they're totally not so it's an interesting point I and I I completely agree with you because I think I was one of those people when I wasn't going through it I think I was the same. Like it, it is a really hard thing to understand and to fully get your get your head around when you're not experiencing it because it's it's almost otherworldly to an extent because it you know it's just not a normal way of thinking and when it really and often it really bashes up against your personality and that was what that was the most difficult thing for me was that it was so directly opposite to my natural personality that I couldn't get my head around it. And that was, that made my bottling worse because I didn't want to share because I was embarrassed and I was, and like, and because I was, and I felt stupid. And um, I've always had a difficulty with, with sharing on a, on a real personal level because of looking weak. And, you know, I mean, Enneagram seven, I run away from my emotions and, you know, I try and stay away from having to deal with them and, so, you know, that was a huge part of it for me was that I didn't want to seem weak. I didn't want to seem like I couldn't handle things. Like I couldn't handle life. And, you know, telling someone that you can't shower. Oh my goodness. Like I remember, you know, being in therapy and being like, I, I feel like I can't shower or brush my teeth. Like those are basic, basic daily needs, you know, you know, eating 
or those kind of things and and so telling someone that especially people who are close to you who really know you I think my fear was that then I would then become that would be my then label I would no longer be Sophie anymore the person that people knew they would only label me by this other thing that this other manifestation that they were seeing so for so long I didn't share anything I, I really didn't share anything and you know I've, I've only probably in the last month gotten to a place where I feel really comfortable sh- like talking about it and, and sharing and you know that's a victory for me in itself because I've you know normally I'm so bad at it but I definitely understand why people think that you know, you know, part of that ignorance, because I definitely think I was one of those people, even though I try and tell myself that I wasn't like, you know, you try and tell yourself that you, you do understand and that you are supportive and that there is only so much that you can, you can do and, ex- and explain and, um, and like, and yeah, so I don't know, but it's, it's, it's a, it's just a bit mental. Vanessa, like how, like, have you felt with like kind of your mental health and, you know, talking to people about it and sharing about it? How have you kind of like dealt with that and your own mental health journey and, um, et cetera? I think definitely similar to you. I, have struggled with mental health um probably for the last like I would say eight years but like on different scales so I think you know the first kind of um I don't I I don't know how to explain this so part of my testimony is that um I was born in Rwanda in um, like during the civil war or just before the civil war. And, um, and like my family was separated and um, I didn't know who my parents were until I was like seven. So I thought my aunt and my uncle, my parent, and they weren't, and it was literally just like for our safety. So pretty much my whole life there has been elements of some sort of struggle So I, if I'm honest, there's probably been elements of um, anxiety my whole life just because of the constant, like, moving. So I moved around a lot when I was younger and, you know, we ended up living in Congo and then we moved from Congo to London. And then as soon as we moved to London, um, I moved in with with my parents and, you know, even though they're my parents, they were still strangers. Like, you know, I had, I didn't know who they were and I didn't speak English, I spoke French, and I went into a predominantly white school, and I was just this, like, skinny little black kid who had a really thick French accent and could barely speak, so there's definitely, you know, been elements of anxiety and not feeling like I fit in for a very long time, but I think it, you know, it goes away, because, you know, when you're a teenager, it's just regular teenage angst, um, and it wasn't until I probably was at uh, Bible college that it really kind of went overboard. And um, I remember going in my second year, um, getting prescribed antidepressants because 
like things just got so overwhelming and I was like so embarrassed to have antidepressants like I didn't I didn't know what to do with that because it was like you're constantly told like as a Christian if you're feeling a certain type of way it's almost like you're not allowed to feel like that because you have the joy of the Lord and you have scripture and you have all of these things and um and it's not always like that like you can be feeling amazing in worship and step out of that and feel just as heavy and just as um you know overwhelmed as you did before you stepped in and it's definitely not an indication of your faith level or you know how much you believe in God or the fact that you are reading your bible every day or doing the you know spiritual habits that you're supposed to be doing like you can be doing all those things and still be struggling and I wish I'd known that like I wish I had been aware of that because I feel like I would have been a lot easier on myself and I feel like maybe I wouldn't have struggled as hard because living in a faith community and and battling severe anxiety and severe depression it just felt like I was juggling fire like I it was like at one point I'm gonna drop a ball and not only is it a ball like it's a fireball I'm gonna burn and it's like it's just not gonna be good so I remember I sat, I think the first person I told um, was Gareth, your husband, obviously, (laughs) you know who he is. And um, I literally couldn't even tell him, like I literally, like, I think I handed him the prescription and then he like had to drive me down to the GP and I collected my medicine and then we like sat in the car for 10 minutes and he like had to convince me that it was okay for me to be in that place like it was okay for me to take those medicine like it was the best thing for me and then I then spoke to Rachel about it and she made me feel a lot better but um I don't know like I feel I think now that I'm older and somewhat wiser like it doesn't feel as opposite to my personality anymore like yes I struggle with anxiety yes I you know go through phases where I struggle with my depression but that's just an element of my of my life like I'm also deeply in love with Jesus and I'm also deeply in love with my work and you know I love being around my friends and I think sometimes when you struggle with stuff like that you feel like that is the basis of your personality like everything that you were before everything that you hope to be is kind of wiped out and you you, like like you said before like you become Sophie who is struggling and that's not the case like it's just an element and it's I think when you get your head around that it doesn't feel as scary and you kind of lose any stigma that you might have because it's like I know that in during this depression or during this anxiety or whatever it is it might be to do with mental health uh, health um Jesus still deeply loves me and is deeply um patient with me like if I feel too overwhelmed to read my bible like he's still gonna be patient and loving towards me if I feel too overwhelmed to um you know have conversations about him or to pray to him or you know to interact with him in in the way that I would on a good mental health day that doesn't mean that, you know, that door is going to shut and I'm going to have to start all over again with my relationship with Jesus when I feel better. Like, it's just a progression. Like, like if 
if Amy and I fall out because I'm having a bad day, when we start talking again, it's not like we're starting from beginning of, you know, meeting each other and having to rebuild that relationship from scratch. You kind of just acknowledge what's happened and then you carry on. And it's the same with God. And I, I wish more churches, more youth groups, more leaders talked about how normal depression is and how normal mental health is because so many people have it and I think the reason why it's so difficult to have it is because it's talked about as if it's the complete antithesis to our faith and it's not like it doesn't take away from our faith in any way shape or form and somehow we've like falling into the lie that it has and it's just such a shame because some of my deepest connections with God some of my deepest deepest moments where I have known for sure that I am a child of God have come from me being in like a really dark place and crying out and being like God I need you to show me that everything that I believe about you is real and he does and it's like oh okay so you do love me like you are here you you are present like you are someone who is going to show up every single day and I think when you realize that it gets easier to be patient with yourself and to show up for yourself because it's like if Jesus can see all of this and still adore me who am I to not show up for myself and you know all that kind of stuff um so have you um had therapy Vanessa like are you in therapy like how have you kind of found that journey um uh you're like in terms of just like dealing with your mental health or like how do you feel about talking about therapy with people and you know telling people that you have therapy like what's your experiences around that I have had therapy I am currently in therapy um I I literally therapy's like I was literally thinking this morning like therapy's the best thing that's happened to me this year. Um I think from what I know from people that I've spoken to who are you know similar ages to us, I, I feel like more people are willing to go into therapy and more people are um whether it's a, it's a accessibility, whether it's just people being more open about it, I don't know what it is, but I'm here for it um and I am really really lucky to um be working at a church that really values my health and where I'm at um so uh my line manager actually suggested that I go therapy um just because a lot of the stuff that I would go through I would like talk to him about and you know he would take me out to coffee once a month um also and you know we would just have conversations about where I'm at um and he's really great at it actually like such a people person and I think it you know they it gets to a point where you're like some of these things I need to talk to a professional about like I just need to and I think there's just that level of because they're not someone that you interact with on a day-to-day basis or on you know in a work capacity you just get to be a bit more free with your emotions yeah so I love 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 therapy um it's I wish it was a little bit more accessible um but you know I feel like we're getting to a point where it's like becoming more and more open to other people um 
I think the difficulty is, is to, as a black woman, um, it was really important for me to find a therapist who was also black and who was also a woman. And, you know, some people might disagree with me, but I feel like you, you know, for different things, you need different therapists. And for me in this season, it was important for me to be with someone who didn't need me to explain anything to them. You know, like I didn't need to explain if I go through a microaggression, I don't want to have to explain why it's a microaggression. Like I want to just tell the story and for them to get it. Um, and unfortunately I had to choose between a Christian therapist or a black female therapist. And I chose um, the latter because that was the, the right thing for me. Um, hopefully, you know, more female therapists, you know, start coming up more black female therapists and so on and so forth. Um, but it was definitely a good decision. And I think I'm coming to a point where I don't feel like I really need to see her anymore. And then hopefully at some point, if I feel like I need a therapist again, um, there'll be a Christian therapist available that I feel like I can offload to. And that will be good. Cause I, you know, there are certain things that, you know, people who don't know God just don't understand like just certain things that they wouldn't be they wouldn't be able to comprehend and talk you through but what about you what is your experience I think last time you mentioned that you'd had therapy so how was that whole situation yeah I've had I've been having therapy since I want to say February now so quite a long while um so I started actually having therapy just before lockdown happened um because it was that point where I felt it was like everything was coming up and I was struggling just before everything really kicked off for me in um in lockdown and yeah it was uh I'd had previous experiences therapy that had gone not very well um so you know, I, I was worried. I, w- I was quite nervous and, and anxious about it. And, you know, trying to find a therapist as well is quite difficult because, you know, like you said, Vanessa, like different seasons sometimes maybe require different types of therapists. And unfortunately, the therapist I'd been to had been um, kind of like, they'd been Christian, but necessarily, more of a Christian counselor type vibe rather than uh, like a psychiatrist or a psychologist that happens to be a Christian. And um, I think sometimes there is a difference between the two. Uh, you know, like there are kind of, like you said, this sometimes you, you do really need to make sure that you have the right training for a lot of this mental health stuff, because um, there's just a depth in that training, which, you kind of need to talk about some of these situations and um i'm really i'm really lucky like i, I my, my therapist now she's training at the moment um to be a psychotherapist and um she just happens to be a christian as well and that is just perfect for me because it means that i can talk about everything and it's not that god in, isn't in the center of it all but it's like every time we chat she always prays for the end but she doesn't make it the focal point 
to begin with. I, I, and I, I don't want people to think that, like, take that out of context. But what I mean is that gives me the space to kind of just talk um, and like really express my feelings without being it being dismissed or you know, without having kind of like the spiritual stuff then like laid o- laid on really thick without really understanding some of the triggers and emotions. It's not just a like a, um, just go and pray for this, it will be fine kind of thing. We get to really speak about it and knowing that I can bring God into the conversation when I'm ready and when I want to talk about Jesus and how that relates to my life and my faith, she's more than happy to talk about it. Whereas I had experiences of, um, you know, people not really listening to me necessarily, maybe. And um, I don't, you know, I don't think it was their fault at all. I, I genuinely, I just think sometimes um, we can't just dismiss some of these problems with like a, pre- you know, we'll just pray for healing and you'll be healed or like this will be fine. Um, you know, not, you know, trying to think of the best way to describe it but I needed someone to walk with me through the struggle and, and like actually allow me to have those emotions and um cry out and all of that stuff rather than just being like God is with you it'll be okay which you know doesn't help me process the stuff that I kind of was going through so previous to me finding this therapist I was very nervous nervous about um kind of entering into therapy because I just hadn't had um, the strongest experiences, um, that had helped. Um, and for me, a lot of those kind of therapies as well, um, are listening therapy. So you do all the talking, you lead the kind of lead the session. And that actually doesn't really work for me for someone who's so extroverted and needs a lot of stimulation. I I love questions. Like, so asking me questions and having conversation with me opens me up better than you just kind of being sat quietly until I speak. So I had those two things in kind of my hand and I was really blessed because when I moved to Cardiff, um, uh, one of the um, executive team at City Church uh, was such a blessing to me, recommended someone who she was actually on a course with. And um, it's just been the best thing that I've ever done because although it took me a little while to warm up because, uh, you know, going from, I was, I couldn't even share with the people that were closest to me, let alone a complete stranger. So it took some time to kind of like open up, but you know, what I'd say about therapy is you need to be consistent at it. You can't opt in and opt out. And I also strongly believe that if you're on meds, you should be going to therapy as well. I think you need both hand in hand. A lot of people will just take medication, um, and and not necessarily attend therapy but I think it's really really important that you do both because medication isn't a long-term you know you don't want medication to be a long-term it is for some like and that's that's fine but um you want to it won't stop the root cause of all the mental health problems that you have you want to be able to um have someone to kind of talk about through with and that's that's my personal opinion anyway you know I've got friends who've been on um, who are on meds and stuff and that's a continual thing for them and um but and that's okay as well but um yeah so that's kind of my experience and being able to slowly open up to someone um and actually removing all of those things that I'd had difficulties with sharing with friends so like 
she didn't know me so she had no previous assumptions of me she didn't know my personality or what I was like um she can't put any labels on me because you know that's not her job to and so just being in an environment that was so unjudgmental um and I'm not saying that like my mates are are judgmental but you know it's it's just a different (laughs) it's just a different environment when you do really have a safe space that you know it's confidential it's not going to go anywhere and that made me feel safe and that's what I at the time especially when I first started that's what I really needed I really needed a space to share where I felt really safe that I could speak all of this, this stuff out no matter what I was thinking I could be really brutally honest I could share everything and I wasn't going to be reprimanded for it. I, I really believe that therapy, even for people who might not have mental health problems, it, it is actually just really useful in terms of processing and in terms of like laying stuff out. Yeah. So I think therapy is just a great space. I think the saddest thing about it is that I waited so long to like get to this. And that is the thing that I have to not guilt, my, uh, guilt myself about that. I waited so long to like, speak about it and even just to my friends as well like the fact that I can I've started being able to share about it creates such a deeper friendship as well and it's it really has changed some of my relationships because I'm sharing from a really deep place within me that I've never had before and it makes it more intimate and um I then allow people to help me because that was another thing I really struggled with like allowing my friends to help me and support me um you know I didn't want anyone to look after me I couldn't look after myself I didn't let alone anyone else looking after me um so you know when I share with them I then give that them that option to to help me if they want to and it's not fair for me to take that away from them if that's something that they feel like they want to do and um and that's something that I want to like ask you Amy like how have you felt being a friend of, of people who had mental health problems and like maybe the difficulties around that and um, kind of like what you felt you could do, what have you felt that you couldn't do? Have you had to put boundaries around it? Because um, I know previous to me having kind of mental health stuff, like I, had situations where I got annoyed at people or frustrated at people or like I wasn't patient or gracious enough because I lacked understanding. And I'm not saying that you've been like that ever, but I know for me, it, you know, it is, it's not an easy job supporting people with mental health problems because you it's, it can be so unpredictable and frustrating. Um, especially when, you know, something, you know, like if someone's fine for like two weeks and then they have a really bad day and they are like, you know it's all of that stuff mixed in so sorry I'll leave it up to you but yeah what what are your thoughts it's interesting because even within this podcast I think the two of you as my friends are such a good example of my journey of understanding this as a friend so Vanessa will vouch for this uh Vanessa's third year of university was really difficult for her and I'll be brutally honest I was a rubbish friend I didn't know how to support her in the slightest. I didn't even understand what she was going through. 
and I didn't feel like I could ask about it because I was so out of my depth of even recognizing it I didn't even know to ask about it so in terms of being a friend for that situation with Vanessa I was rubbish in every aspect and and the result was that is that I pulled away from Vanessa because I didn't understand I took certain things personally when it was nothing to do with me um and you know in the long run now being in a situation supporting you Sophie where I think I've learned so much from our last year of university to now I've recognized even more how much I totally missed with Vanessa at university and how much more I could have done as a friend and I I genuinely believe the key to everything is education any situation any trouble we have what the one thing that seems to push society through is when we educate we're kinder when we educate we speak better and that's what needs to happen here is that when I educate myself about mental health issues when I educate myself about medications therapy counseling you know if I don't have to do these things I have to learn about these things so I think as a friend it's my responsibility to not just make you tell me everything it's my responsibility to also if you tell me you're an antidepressant as a friend I'm going to read about that what does that do to a person's body mind you know emotional well-being like what does that actually do to you and understanding if you go to therapy that I need to support that and love that and encourage you to go to therapy and not say oh therapy what why would you even do that and so the way I speak to you has to be encouraging of the choices that you're making because whether I'd make them or not they're good for you and it's what you need during this time so my role is to support you in that and yeah it's not been easy because I don't get a lot of it if I'm being brutally honest, I don't understand a lot. I don't know what a panic attack looks like. I've never seen physically anyone have a panic attack in front of me. So when you tell me stories of having panic attacks, I'm like, flipping egg, what is going on? Like, did you actually experience that, you know? And I'm taken aback sometimes because I'm like, my goodness, that's a lot for a human being to go through. And that's something you're in constant fear of having again that's really scary and so I need to understand that that's a big thing in your life that you have to carry and I have to make sure I'm always ready to be that support when you need it and also to not be too much in terms of what do you need can I give it to you now can I be at your beck and call oh my goodness do you need this now can I can I say this you know like I can't be that either because that's just as suffocating as not being there and so there has to be this balance of basically allowing you guys to do what you do and just find the right moment to be like encouraging moment for you. Okay, do you need me to make you something? I'm just going to send a random card. You know, you've got to just be patient around people who struggle because they don't want too much, but they also don't want too little. So it's just finding that balance of who they are and what they need, I think is the perfect way to be a friend and I'm still very much learning in every way but you know just being supportive of people and their choices I think is a a key element as a friend and I even had someone message me the other day and say hey I'm about to start therapy um how should I be in my first session 
And I was like, um, I don't know, I've never had therapy. So, you know, there's this moment where I was like, okay, I just said to them from like listening to you guys talk about your experiences, I just said, okay, well, what did they do? And I was like, just be open, be calm, don't push yourself, be graceful to yourself and just allow what comes out to come out and don't be afraid of it. And they found it really helpful. And I was like, but I've never had therapy. And I found that crazy that, you know, listening to others, educating myself can also help other people who are potentially stepping into therapy or have just received meds or, you know, but I think that's probably my only contribution as a friend is just be patient with people and do it at their pace, not yours. Because your pace is way, way different to theirs. So, yeah. I think you've made some really good points there. Because I think sometimes the way in which I'm just going to come straight on panic attacks, the way panic attacks are described can sound as if everybody who suffers from panic attacks has the exact same experience. Mm -hmm. And it's not, it's not a monolith experience. Like when I have panic attacks, I just cry like I, I can't stop crying and I find it hard to breathe but I'm not necessarily hyperventilating um whereas you know some people do hyperventilate and some people shake and some people throw up like there are it's just the way that your particular body manifests itself like you know goes through and experiences the panic and I think it can I completely understand why it can be difficult to be someone who has never experienced these things trying to figure out how to be a friend to someone who is experiencing those things because the person experiencing those things don't even know what they want so it's like you're having to kind of you can't ask them what they want because they don't know they're too busy having panic attacks so you've got to figure it out and like you know figure out what's too much and what's too little and that can I I can see why that would be overwhelming as a friend so I I think you know for people who are friends with uh you know friends who are going through this situation and who have no idea where to begin or how to be a supportive friend I think you just have to you know be super patient with yourself as well because you're learning and they're learning and you you just have to figure it out day by day and just learn how to be present because what they might need one season is going to be completely different to what they need another season um and I just want to circle back to the stigma of therapy as well I think sometimes the way in which therapy is talked about is like if you need therapy it's a reflection of the fact that you don't have friends that you can be that open with and I have amazing friends my friends are lit like my I've got girlfriends who you know I know would go heaven and earth for me like would do anything that I needed when I needed it but it's not necessarily their responsibility and their role to be present and to take on all of my trauma because that's they're not trained like they all they're meant to be is my friends like people who walk through things with me they're not supposed to be able to unpack all of my trauma day in day out and I think when we 
put too much on our friends or in our community groups it can strain the relationship a little bit and it can and then it kind of you know the circle of shame just keeps going because you already feel guilty that you're you know telling your friend all of this stuff and then you're gonna have to start second guessing yourself like are they exhausted by me you know do they not enjoy being around me anymore and they might not feel like that but you're gonna feel like that and you know I know for myself my friendships have gotten a lot better when I started speaking to a professional like I am a much better partner now than I was before I'm like my husband said to me the other day he was like I just really enjoy being around you more now. Not that he didn't enjoy being around me before, because obviously, you know, he chose to say I do, so he must have enjoyed it. But just things are a lot freer now because he's not having to um, be at the brunt end of any mood swings I might have. You know, when I was going through everything in third year, we've got a friend, Rachel. Rachel was the only person I spoke to, and I can only imagine how exhausting that must have been for her because she was the only person that I would say stuff to and she would like watch me have panic attacks and she like figured out methods to you know help me do my panic attacks and as grateful as I am to her she had her own drama going on you know she was also going through third year third year is a really tough time when you're studying anything especially when you're studying theology and you're performing arts student like those are all a lot to take in and she also had my trauma to deal with and it's like how much easier like even though we're such good friends like I feel like it's only by the grace of God that we still have the level of friendship that we have because I cannot imagine how heavy it must have been for her to be there for me as well as be present for all her stuff as well as be present for all our other friends um so you know going to trauma isn't an indication that you don't have good friends or your friends aren't good friends. It just means that you not only do you love yourself to be able to put yourself in a place where you're healing as painful as it might be for a season, but you also love your friends and you love your community groups enough to say, I want to make sure that I'm the best friend, the best girlfriend, the best, you know, pastor, the best, whatever it is that you might be in your different spheres, spheres of life you want to bring your best and sometimes that only comes through talking through to professionals and that's not a bad thing like I think God is delighted that I decided to go therapy this this year um and I you know encourage anyone even if you don't have panic attacks and depression I think everyone would benefit from therapy even if you've had a great life your whole time because there are things that we suppress that we don't realize we suppress and memories that we don't realize we have and you're like oh that's why i act like that that's why i react like that um and yeah man would highly recommend 10 out of 10. so thank you for listening to today's episode um we hope it was beneficial that you found um some practical tips that maybe could help you from last lockdown into this lockdown uh we just want to say that if anything has been deeply um affected you in this episode and there's things that you actually think oh I really want to talk more about this with the girls who are talking about it we have our Instagram um, common ground podcast we also will have links on there to our personal Instagrams and um, if you want to contact someone specifically about something we encourage you 
talk to us about it. Um, we want this to not only be a space where you can listen, but also a space where you can interact and have real conversations with real people and not just have information given to you, but actually help also given to you. So we hope you enjoyed this and we look forward to seeing you in the next one.